Sessions, a podcast of Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Episode 5, that means we have been trying to figure out new ways of being pastors for about six weeks now. Uh, my name is Matt Seifel. I'm one of the pastors at Redeemer. I'm here in Todd Lowry's office with Pastor Todd and our senior pastor, Hal Farnsworth. We actually got a few questions in this week, so we're going to address a couple questions Woo-hoo! this morning. But first, I have a question. Oh, you didn't prep us for this, man. Todd, why do you have lucky an open box of Lucky Charms on top of your office refrigerator? I think that's an excellent question, and I do look forward to answering this for our Redeemer family. We were in the back of the sanctuary turning on the air a couple of weeks ago in preparation for the service that we provide all our folks on Sunday morning. And I saw some graham crackers and a jumbo package of Lucky Charms in the back. And I figured I didn't want it to go to waste. We have very few lunch options in this day and age. And that is our snack, our our, our preparation for apocalyptic type activity if we get hungry in this office. You're welcome to it. It's it's very fresh. a lot of marshmallows, which has improved since I was a kid. And I would recommend it to everybody during this COVID time. Their own Lucky Charms or your Lucky Charms? I, they need to get their own. They need to get their okay. <laughs> I have, I have, You guys have not shared it, though, but maybe we can have some after the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, and I hope my wife is not listening to this because I'm supposed to be eating healthy, and that is not on my list of healthy foods. That's right. It's okay. Don't worry about it. She's not listening. Right. <laughs> we'll see, won't we? Were you going to say something, Hal? It's fine. If you're not. No, I was, no, I was just going to say, I think my kids like Lucky Charms, but they never had to worry about me eating the box of... Lucky right, we, we have already established that you're very particular about your breakfast items. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. We're going to have a good time today. Yes, Welcome. Um, all right, so we got a couple questions. Um, the first question is a, it's a perennial question, but very relevant to our times today. So the question is, uh, not just how can we love our neighbor, but how can we love our neighbor right now? So, considering the circumstances, what are some ways um, that you guys have either put into practice or just recommendations that you might have about how we can continue um, to love our neighbors well? How you want to start? Well, sure. Um, well, I, I, I'm always like to start with the big picture. The big picture is the when God revealed Himself and gave us the Ten Commandments, uh, the first table of the law. Jesus boils down to we're to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second table, the next six commandments, 
part that we are to to love our neighbor. And so the how we do that must issue forth from a why we should do that. And frankly, loving God and loving neighbor would be um, the, the command that we, we speak of as, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, not transgression, but omissions. Oh, sure. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, so in my mind, because we often don't love God as we should, or our neighbor as we should. I think the the very the before we get to the how to is is just the um, that should constantly drive us hmm. to Christ who loved his father and loved us so much hmm. that he came into the world. So I, I think that the the source of strength to actually the how tos is going to uh, if if you're being driven to Christ because you don't, uh, to, to draw near to him and, and, and know he loves you and, and he's been a good neighbor, <laughs> drives us mm-hmm. to really think about this. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I think you can do the how-to uh, without thinking about the why. And, and I, I think if you think of ways to love your neighbor, but you don't really love your neighbor, like you can, that can that be another box check sure. mm-hmm. and everything in the Christian life is issuing forth a heart that's been transformed uh, by Christ who came into the world mm-hmm. and gave himself yeah everything that, that you were saying when you were talking how I, I was thinking about the, the the whole gospel understanding of you know you're talking about why we do things it's mm-hmm. because we're created in the image of God and all human beings are created in the image of God and then there's the fall. We're all we're all messed up because of the fall, and we don't know how to interact and love one another the way we're supposed to. And yet, Jesus Christ comes and redeems us, and 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 is moving us to a particular place. Uh, and so, when you think about that in, in in those terms, it's like, well, the reason why I want to uh, love God and love my neighbor in this particular situation is is because of that that full orb picture of the gospel. We've all, that every human being has been created in the image of God and they're, they're worthy of respect and honor. And, but at the same time, we see right now very clearly that we're pretty fallen, right? We're not as low. Yeah, I would say since the fall, we're running from God and running from people. That's right. We and, are loving ourselves. And hence why Jesus came, to save us from our exactly. love of our own self. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... So I don't, I don't think it's our nature. I don't think it's our nature to move toward our neighbor. I don't think it's our nature. To it's move not mine. Christ, but by God's Spirit, who who um, pursued us and applied the work of Christ to us, I, I think that 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 is the source of of um, we, we've been. Now we want to move toward God. But the reason we want to move toward God usually is in the negative. I mean, the the Puritans always said we change by the way of negation. And what they meant by that is the more you see your sin, the more you see Christ, the love of Christ, uh, that that, that makes us that much more adore God. Um, So 
actually the way we I think move toward our neighbor is to realize that we that's not our natural bent it's you know so it's in the negation that and then we see God doing that 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 he changes our hearts and you all of a sudden you can actually love your neighbor not, not well you're supposed to love your neighbor and uh, but you don't but but I, I do so so I do th- I think it's a challenging question is what I'm saying it, mm-hmm. it is um, how do I love my neighbor is must be predicated by do I love my neighbor do I love my neighbor do I love God do uh, and 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 the only response to that for me would be yes because he's moved toward me because of what God's done he does and he's moving toward me as I'm moving toward him because I don't want to run away anymore because I know I'm naked and ashamed apart from him Mm. and uh, so in my nakedness I keep moving toward him which which is always okay great now I want you to move toward other people Mm. like so it's the kind of the inward moving in on yourself versus looking outside yourself yeah yeah well I was thinking of the the parable of the good Samaritan as an answer to the question well who is my neighbor Mm mm-hmm and in a sense, Jesus doesn't really answer the question. He doesn't say, oh, well, it's this person and not that person. He says, this is how you should be a neighbor. He kind of flips the question around. Um, so we're not, it's not something that we should think of as, uh, it's not a kind of love that some people get and some people don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole way of being. That gets back to how well you have to be united to Christ first if you're going to be able to do this at all. Um, but maybe to make the question a little more, to narrow it down just a little yeah. bit, um, let's say you really have all the right motives and you okay. really did want to love your neighbor two months ago and you even had some good strategies. Yes. And the, now the strategies have all been thrown out because of quarantine. So... What thoughts or ideas do you guys have about um, new strategies in a time of quarantine? Does that make sense? Sure. I, I'm thinking concretely, and this, this yeah. really doesn't directly answer your question about new strategies, but I find myself now <clears throat> standing, I found myself a lot this weekend, standing in line at Home Depot or Sam's Club, uh, just to get in to find out that they didn't have what I waited for. Uh, it's very frustrating to me. I don't like to stand in line anyway. But some of the things that I think that we can do in the, the daily routine of life is just being pleasant as we're standing in line. It's hard to be pleasant to somebody that's, that's got a mask on their face and I don't know if they're smiling or not. So you, it, it is, right? Sure. It, it, it is sure. for me. I don't know about it. Yeah. Anybody else? So, seeking ways to be pleasant to people who might be afraid, who um, who are, are probably cautious about getting near anybody now. So, in that respect, you, you can't even always move towards people, right? Because yeah. they might take that yeah. offensively. So, you, you're trying to navigate the world, but just trying to be pleasant, being being pleasant to the, the people that are checking out at Publix. So... Um, those are things that I'm consciously trying to do to, to love my neighbor that that I don't know. There are other things in the neighborhood, right? Yeah, but but sure. that's just one thing that came to mind because 
I thought for sure I'd miss all the lines at 8.15 on Saturday morning, and they're there. <laughs> and I'm not happy about it, yeah. but I still need to, to love my neighbor. You know, Matt, actually, it, we, we, you're talking about what were our strategies before, right? It would be difficult in some ways before because everybody comes home, they go inside, they go to the back of the house. Yep. They either sit down on their back deck or they watch TV. Yep. What's interesting, in God's providence, and God is always doing good things out of hard things. Mm-hmm. I have had more people say they've met more of their neighbors because their neighbors are walking. Yep, same here. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, okay. And the people, I think people do want to talk now because mm-hmm. they are lonely. Yep. And again, you might be talking you know, safely at a safe distance. But um, I just think it's a, you know, when Christ said, open your eyes for the will's fields are right under harvest, I don't think he's saying, I don't think he's saying, uh, Go share your faith with everybody. I don't, I don't think he's saying look for opportunities to share your faith. I think the fields fight under harvest is just to open your eyes for all, all the opportunities um, to um, to see what God is doing in people's life. I, I remember um, Jonah Kokar. Many, many of you would remember Jonah. He's spoken at a number of our mission conferences. He's a converted Muslim who lives in Pakistan. And i never forget, he, he said, you know, most of y'all think about being, bringing people to Christ. What do I do to bring people to Christ? He said, really well to flip it and think in terms of bringing Christ to people. You, you are, you, you have the Holy Spirit. And, and so I just, I, I think one would just to be open your eyes for all the opportunity that, that this hard providence has kind of created more opportunities than before in my mind. I've met more of my neighbors um, walking and saying, hey, and, and after a while you've seen them enough to, they might, they might live two or three or four blocks over, but you run into them and say, oh, yeah. hey, I've seen you a lot. And, so, so again, I guess the question would be, are, are, your, are your eyes even open to opportunities that God is giving you to love on people and to treat them uh, as neighbors? And um, so yeah, it's interesting. You're, you're talking about the, um, thing, the, the parable of the Samaritan. Yeah. The Samaritan. Yeah. I think the whole, I, I think part of the, the point there was the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people they chose who their neighbor is. They yes. decided. Yes. For and religious reasons. For religious reasons. <laughs> and it's actually yeah. their enemy yeah. that's caring for a Jewish person. Yeah. And so I, I think Jesus is, is again pointing, to, you see the heart of this, this man who, who the Jews were his enemy. Uh, or they were enemies to him, but he loved he loved his enemy. Um, now I know we're still not into the how to yet. You know how do you do? It? I'm just saying that I think there are more opportunities. No, I totally to agree. Think about yeah, yeah, the, the how to do that. So I know one thing that um, that we've done is we've had just um, one other couple in our neighborhood that we've gotten to know a little bit over the past year. We invited them over just to sit in the driveway and hang out. After dinner, yeah, and they were 
I think they were glad to take us up on it in a way that they wouldn't have been a few just a few months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Because nobody else has invited them over in the last two months. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Um, Absolutely. They're cooped up at home. They haven't mm-hmm. been able to talk to anybody mm-hmm. else. And so, yeah, they were glad yeah. to come and hang out, and we were able to spend some time with them. I, I heard somebody um, last week say that they had just offered a couple other elderly folks in their neighborhood, hey, if there's anything we could yeah. help you with to get from the grocery store, if you'd, re- if you'd feel safer staying home, and we can go get it for you. And this, this lady asked if they could get her some chocolate. They were yeah glad yeah. to go pick up some chocolate for her and help her out. Um, mm-hmm. But that was an opportunity, like you said, right. that in some ways wasn't really there. Right. She would never have asked them to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. for her yeah. you know, a couple, couple months ago. Here, here's a fun story. We had a, a lady move in next door to us. She's a single mom of two kids, and I cut her grass because she just moved in. And uh, I thought that would be a good way to, to love my neighbor. Yeah. I cut her grass. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard from her since. I was hoping for a few kudos there, oh, but um, nobody even noticed. <laughs> My wife didn't even notice, so evidently I didn't do that good of a job. But I was trying. Uh, well, I, I mean, I do think there is this principle. I do, I do think there is this principle of, um, I mean, if you think about it, and if you're listening to podcasts, how many people ever really sit down, think about it, Matt, or, or Todd, and anybody else that's listening, to go, I want to know more about you. Uh, how did you, how did, when did you meet Nan? Uh, what, um, you know, what made you interested in her? What kind of drew you together? Um, and so on and so forth. How did you end up? going into ministry. Now seriously, let me ask you this. Do, do many people, whether it's Redeemer people or anybody else, do you feel like really bores in and wants to know you as a person? There's some, but more not. There's yeah. some. Yeah. I, I, I would, and, and so to me, to love someone is to want to know behind that, what's behind that name. Mm-hmm. Right? I've always said one of the best ways to minister to our children, if, if you here in Redeemer land are listening, you really want to win our children to Christ and them not to move away. Learn their name. And just say, hey, Tommy, how are you doing? How's school going for you? you got to be careful with that, Hal, because for the first two years that I was here, you called me Scott. So. <laughs> <laughs> But he meant it. Yeah, I know he did. Uh, yeah. No, no. But but I do think I, mean, I think it begins That's with your good. neighbor is a person with a name. Yeah. You know, you have the the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was this poor man. The rich man passed him every day. But Lazarus goes to heaven, and Lazarus has a name. But the other guy was just a businessman. So when people, uh, when they think about you, do they think of you as a pastor? Or do they think of you as uh, as uh, Todd or Matt who really cares about me? Mm-hmm. And, and brothers and sisters, you want to minister to people, you, you don't have to know how to share your faith. You just share yourself. And and uh, again, we say that the, what we do at Redeemer's Diagnostics, 
Who's this person? How do we move them to Christ? But how the heck are you going to move anybody to Christ if you don't really know how they grew up, what was going on in their life, and the troubles they have, or the things they love, the things they enjoy? And um, so I think that's a very tangible way. Forget the quarantine. That this is, should be what we're doing as the people of God at Redeemer in our spheres of influence. Those are your neighbors. Like I've, I've talked to high school kids before. I said, listen, you know what? Let me tell you something. Our goal here is not uh, to make sure that you don't do drugs and that you don't do the bad things. Our goal is, number one, that we share with you what's meaningful to us, who is Jesus. But I'm not in high school, and I, I want you to run your mission. And uh, so those are your spheres of influence. Those are your neighbors. And uh, so, yeah, that, that, that to me is very tangible, that not only thinking about quarantine, but who's my neighbor? It's your spheres of influence. How do I minister to my neighbor? Just talk to them. Ask them questions. No, I think that's great. I mean, I, I don't want to get us too off topic, but I think even just thinking about something like the image of God, mm-hmm. um, it's just a good reminder that I mean, every person you meet is just a deep well of fascinating things going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they don't even know that about themselves. Exa- they don't even know that they're created. Yeah. yeah, we know that yeah. God made that person. Yes. A unique person, different than every other person you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. and if I think I know for myself anyway, if I can get out of the mindset of I have, um, you know, some really narrow kind of project to accomplish with this person, and instead just think I can get to know someone made in the image of God, mm-hmm. it's like a fascinating yes. exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's just more exciting. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and it's really long term. It's not something I've got to like, um, sort of knock out and check off the box right. in this conversation. But mm-hmm. there's like a this deep well right. of a person to get yeah. to know here. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about when you look at a person who's a redeemed person, mm-hmm. you, you you need to see them as the splendid creature they're going to be throughout all of eternity. Versus, you know, the the guy that's the butcher or the mechanic. But I, yes, absolutely, Matt. That yeah. There's no and and we have the the theological reasons yeah. to want to know people. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it this way: if 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 we if everyone has a physical DNA that's different than anybody in the world, mm-hmm. how much more the DNA of a soul? And I think that's what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, that's good. Looking deep, and they don't even know the magnitude. That you're created in the image of God, yeah. and you, as the Catechism says, what else do you have besides a body? And the answer is, I have a soul that can never die. Mm. And uh, so, yeah. Todd, you look like you're looking something up over there. No, no, no. I was just wanting to look like I. Oh, was you're just done with us. Yeah. You're just reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's bored. Next, uh, let's go to the next subject. Oh, about wow. reading your Bible. Now, Todd will like that. Yeah. One. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're we're we can do two things here. We're near the end of our normal allotted time, so we could just oh, really? wrap up here. Really. We've been going about twenty-five minutes. Or we could move on to the next question, but we could just save this question. Oh, I think we should save week. it for next week. What do you guys think? Yeah, I guess. It? Okay. 
We can have our lucky I was, shot. I was more excited about the next question. Well, it'll give us something to look forward to. Okay. All right. And now they'll be waiting in anticipation because they'll... What are we going to talk about next week, Matt? I can't tell. Oh, you don't want to tell no, me? No, just... <laughs> hey, listen, you're talking about anticipation? I was. Todd is preaching Sunday. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and so our question for next... Yeah, we'll save it for next week. That'll be good. Our question for next week is... What should my expectations be when I read the Bible? So I, I, I apparently my pastors think that I should read my Bible regularly, mm-hmm. but what the heck am I supposed to do with all this stuff that I don't understand mm-hmm. anyway? Right. Um, and you know, more questions follow from that. We can, well, can we I can give an advertisement? Oh yeah, sure. I did say Sunday that if to to lay hold of Christ. At one level is reading the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible, you're you're not laying hold of Him. That's how you lay hold of Him. And and so I do want to say, if you are listening and you're going, man, I don't even know where to start. Here's the advertisement: go to RedeemerAthens.com, go to the daily Bible reading, and it will pull up on your screen. It's the uh, Robert McShane mm-hmm. Bible reading. That's what I use. Uh, if everybody at Redeemer read it through together, I'm not saying you'd have to do that. We would have a lot of things to talk about. That's good. So anyway, then you'd have good. a lot more questions for our podcast. Well, and which, yeah, which, which <laughs> we should have an advertisement. While anybody listening, and we really have no idea how many people are listening, do we? I don't. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> that we would. I we heard do? your wife does. My wife listens. Well, yeah, yeah. They want to make sure that we're okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah she does listen. But, but. We'd love to have more questions. I mean, from from our listeners. Yes, and if you're, I mean, if you live in Switzerland and you're listening to this, right? We'd love a Swiss from, question yeah. too. <laughs> so we'll try to answer it in Swiss. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's a good place for us to stop. Uh, thanks for listening. If you do have any questions, you can send them in to uh, office at redeemerathens.com, or you can send them to m disciple at redeemerathens.com and we'll take a stab at them in one of our future podcasts. Thanks for listening. Nameless neighborhood to beautiful day for neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Could not care less. Not care less. You could not care less. Could care less. No, it's could not care. I've never heard it put that way. Yeah. I could not care less. You just say, I could care less. What's wrong that with doesn't saying? make sense. It, how could you care? Okay, so I you could, could care. I could. Care less. Care less. Right, you so could. So why don't you? Right. <laughs> I could not. I could not. Couldn't care, care. less. It's like you've already reduced it to the least amount of time it, possible. It's a, oh, we got it. <laughs> Hope that's on there. That'd be good. I could.